0: you. Okay. Hello everyone, it's Stephanie Mason from Cutting Through the Noise, and today we are doing just that. We are cutting through the noise with a special guest, Linda Woodhead. Thank you, Linda, for making the call today. Linda is the owner and founder of the Mocker Group. Thank you for joining
1: us. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to our chat.
0: Me too. I'm very excited about this one. This one gets me very, very pumped because it's something that obviously I love to do um, with my business as well and uh, I'm really excited to hear your insight and I'm sure everyone else is but let's get started by just telling everyone um, for those of you that don't know Linda just a little bit about you and your background because I mean we've known each other for a very long time but Mm -hmm. there may be people that don't know much about you so sure well um,
1: for the last 17 18 years I think we're nearly close to um, I've had Mocha Group um, We describe ourselves as a um, as a company servicing the hair, beauty and barber industries. Uh, We are a media company, uh, first and foremost, I guess. So uh, magazines still print much to some people's shock. I think (laughs) Um, print is still out there and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon when it comes to sort of trade and technical business of business magazines. Um, Obviously we've adopted and we've had to go through a massive change in the last few years with um, digital, with online, with social. Um, So we offer that in terms of um, a media channel. Um, And then leading on from that, we also own um, four of the pretty much the the major um, awards within the industry across those three. So AHIA Creative, AHIA Business, we have the ABIA, which is the Beauty Industry Awards, and we have the AMBA, which is the Barber Industry Awards, as well. Um, we also do two competitions for younger, um, sort of the Young Guns Up and Comings, which is um, our Hot Shots program. And um, affiliate to that in the beauty industry is our Beauty Squad program. Um, and that's really it, it's a, a program that we started that is probably one of our, our one of my favorite ones it's a give back situation where we have a lot of um, young guys come into a house it's a bit like a big brother house they get mentors icons all that kind of thing all come in um, it's sponsored the hair guys get um, a photo shoot with Andrew at all. it's it's a massive platform um, and that's been going for about 11 12 years now um, so media predominantly um awards is kind of an extension of that it's certainly become a massive part of the business as well um i'm not a hairdresser i'm not a beauty therapist i'm not a barber (laughs) um my background is publishing started with reed um in the uk like a long long time ago uh, and emigrated out to australia in 86 i think it was um have pretty much um, owned magazines since I got here my first um, my first owned publication was a street press uh newspaper um called Rave which was like a weekly um you know used to go out to all the sort of record shops and um you know it was music is my love so it was perfect for me but it was weekly it was mad we didn't sleep I had children during it as well I think but I can't really remember. <laughs> You know,
0: funny, I actually remember
1: that magazine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Wow, there you go. I would have been up much older than you, Seth. but um, yeah, it was it was a really cool time for music. There was a lot of guys, kind of, that ran, you know, clubs in pubs, and it was when festivals kind of first started. Um, so we actually sponsored the original um, and first um, big day outs and all those kind of things. And wow. um, Kelly, my daughter, I think she her first festival was when she was like three backstage drumming with Powderfinger or something. So it was, it was just a, you know, it was when a lot of young sort of amazing bands all started, and, and I had that for quite some time um, and then moved into various other publications, owned a couple of business magazines, um, owned a spiritual new age magazine, um, and then... I'd been involved in the hair industry through somebody I knew a while back um, and just kind of helped them in the publishing aspect of that so that kind of gave me a bit of an intro um, and then I guess when we launched hairbiees it was mainly um, I just felt no one was really dealing with the business side of the business everyone was dealing with all the beautiful creative stuff that we love but um, you know, there's a big churn factor in hair salons here and everywhere in the world really where a lot of salons close in their first 12 months due to lack of business experience. Um, and so I felt that, you know, because I'd owned these business magazines, I had these incredible business writers and I thought if we could just start exposing people a little bit more to thinking about business and customer care and, um, you know, percentages on service against retail and all those kind of things um it might assist in some way um for people to look at that from business and and I think that has happened over the years where um you know our first awards were were business awards you know the creative have come kind of later so um, business is definitely a passion of mine I mean I love the hair industry and the craziness and madness of it um business is is my passion. I I love looking at businesses, seeing them grow, seeing what they're all doing, getting inspired by, you know, people that have these incredibly wonderful ideas, whether it comes from product or whether it comes from just salons and how to get bums on seats and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so I guess, um, you know, we started off really small. We're not very big now, to be honest. I think people think we're a lot bigger than what we are, but we probably all do the job of three or four people which you would also know as a small business owner um but I love it I I live it I breathe it I bleed it I I love it I I you know um I, I took on a general manager a year ago with the idea of stepping back a little bit and Jared's been an amazing asset to my business but if anything he's kind of I don't know, set a little fire, and now I'm kind of like gung ho, and I'm, I'm definitely not stepping back anytime soon.
0: Reinspired. It's so, funny how yeah. that sort of stuff can happen.
1: I know. Yeah. I said I don't know how old I'm going to be, but the, the awards will keep going, and you can just wheel me out in my pearls, and I'll still be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll all
0: we'll eventually be getting rolled out together. exciting <laughs> to see. <laughs>
1: exactly. Hilarious. But no, I love it. I, I do love it. And I think um, it's funny, actually, one of the things that I loved about when we first started the awards was that with the business awards, they were all the big names. Um, of those that had won awards in creative and, um, you know, when we started the business ones, suddenly all these other names started to come out that that weren't necessarily the ones that were shooting um, that were in that forefront but ones that were just running really, really, really good businesses and it started to put them on the map and I think um, that's been really good for the industry because it shows that, you know, Yes, it's great and it's creative and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and we are, you know, we're trailblazers and we forecast fashion trends But um, in hair, but I think um, you, you've still got to have a good business <laughs> to be able to afford to do those shoots and do all that stuff. So um, just to put a bit of a focus on people running their business well, doing their marketing well, you know, um, learning about their own business is, is what um, warms my heart for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which leads us into the topic for today, um, which uh, is how to get the most out of the media. So, Linda, love to know. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Except some of the ideas I'm going to give, I'll give to the people that are listening, but it'll be about how we can try and do or how they can try and do things, hopefully for very little cost. But you can be you can keep your ears quiet on that because you can still (laughs) advertise and do things with us. (laughs) Of course I will. Don't worry. I, I think, look, I, I see a lot of, um, it's funny enough, I was actually having a conversation with someone today, and um, I think one thing, my, my first sort of tip, I guess, um, straight off the bat would be for, for people to actually monitor what they do. I think a lot of people get a bit caught up in their business and just think, oh, you know, we need to be advertising here and there and doing socials, and maybe we'll do a reel, maybe we'll do an email newsletter, maybe we'll do SMS, whatever, but, um, But the one thing a lot of them seem to forget to do is then actually work out how well that did for them. And so then not knowing you know, what the results were, what was the return on investment in that. And I would really suggest everybody does do that because there's no point in throwing more money into stuff that doesn't work. Um, and I think that it kind of sometimes can become, you know, for some, maybe some of the bigger ones they might have somebody looking after it themselves personally. Um, but generally it's the owner or it might be somebody on reception or it might be somebody else that are just getting that stuff done. Um And and I think it's really important to also check how well things do. So you can go, yeah, that type of social post worked really well for us. We put some money into Google on that, and that was really good. Um, You know, we did an event and we did a sausage. Whatever you do, anything of that, it's sort of just um, definitely trying to find out which one works and which one doesn't and obviously sticking with that. Um, I think when it comes to – there's obviously – different types of media. There's there's traditional media where you've got editors, whether they be online in a magazine, whether they be in a print magazine, they could still be newspaper, there are still them around, there's, you know, there might be local community things. Um, I guess it comes down to really simplistically just being all about relationships. And, You need to know those people. You need to know the people that you need to get to. You need to know the people that you can befriend through your business so that they can see your business and they can almost become an advocate for your business. So, you know, if there is a local glossy publication or if there is a local, um, you know, online newsletter or group or whatever, then I would absolutely say make sure that you get to know who's running that who is the person that you need to invite into your salon to, you know, show them. It's not always a case of sort of, you know, if you come in and we'll do your hair, can you then give us a story? It's more about getting them to sample what you do in such a beautiful way that they want to then talk about it. And you'll find that if you have that relationship then with somebody, um, and you make yourself available for that person when they then want to do something you will be the person that they will think about so you know if there's an event there might be a races event or something and they might want somebody to comment on hair or hats or fashion or whatever it'll be like oh well i know sally who owns so and so salon and and they'll they'll come to you so sometimes it can take a while to i think build those relationships but definitely um that's a key point in making sure that you're sort of with the right people. Um, I would also say just getting things together the way that we as editors need them. Um, you know, I don't expect everyone to know everything that we know, just the way that I don't know everything that they know. But if you're trying to get a story into a publication, be it online, and print, in any other way, um, you need to do your research to find out how we require that to be sent to us. And to be honest, the more we've got, the better. Um, if there's going to be a story and you find out, you know, um, it might be, let's say, for example, that you've done a reno or you've done an amazing charity event or, you know, you've done something that, and there's a story behind that, um, generally speaking, if you just get in touch with somebody and say, we are brilliant can you write about us no one's going to do that there's got to be a there's got to be a point of difference there's got to be a story there's got to be a message um as media we're storytellers so if somebody comes to us and says you know we did this incredible um you know christmas in july charity day or something and it was really cool and everybody dressed up and you know we raised x amount of money then that's that's like a story so you know Um, put that story together, have the words written, have the images, make sure the images are the right resolution for whether it be print or whether it be online, Um, you know, have contact details, have something ready to go. Because quite often media people, we're human and we're always busy and some people can also be lazy. So if somebody sends you a ready-made story, all ready to go, Um, then you might have another story that you're waiting on that could even be possibly better. But if it doesn't come in in time, you need something to fill that space. And that could be on an email, that could be in print, it could be in any format whatsoever. Um, But as long as they've got everything and a contact detail to get more information, then you're going to be at the top of the list because this person knows what they're doing and they're really simple and I can quickly shoot an email and go, can you just give me a URL link for that? And they'll come straight back. Um, It's often the easiest people to deal with will get the publicity rather than the best story, which is not necessarily right, but it's just a matter of deadlines, unfortunately, (laughs) um, that not everybody has time to do. Um, I would say as well, um, I guess if we move on to some social media sort of stuff, I'm seeing – it's kind of the bane of all of our lives, isn't it? I mean, it's like, it's a it's necessary evil, but it's, you know, it takes so much time. And, um, I mean, I I actually recently turned all my notifications off, which meant I then had a barrage of people going, did you see this? Did you see that? I was trying to contact you here because well, I've got my own personal one. We've also got Mocha Hair Beauty and Barber on both Instagram and Facebook, so that's six plus my personal one. So there's eight. And literally through the day, my phone doesn't stop. Um, And I just got to the point where I was like, I need to stop this. Um, I need to set a time for myself to to look at stuff. Um, I'm lucky because I've also got people that kind of also do that for me in the business. Um, But I think as well, you know, there needs to be a strategy. I mean, now on top of that, everyone's also, you know, we've got – All the other ones as well. There's LinkedIn for business. There's TikTok. I mean, there's just bloody threads now as well. I just, when that came out, I was just like, I'm done. I'm actually.
0: I know. I was like, really?
1: I know. Oh, that's quite funny. As in really. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, look, if you've got someone that can do it, I would absolutely, as a salon owner, I would absolutely say get them to do it. I also think as well that we get caught up a little bit on needing to do everything immediately and needing to post everything immediately. And that doesn't always necessarily have to happen. Um, I do a, I've got a, a seminar that I do specifically on, on socials. And um, one of the things I say in that is that socials, Social media is not a sixth sense we have five senses that are really important to us as human beings um, and I think we lose sight of that sometimes because it's almost like if you go somewhere you know and you go out for dinner and you know by all means take a photo or something but it doesn't have to be done then it doesn't have to be filtered and posted there and then it can be done when you get home and the same applies for business I think if you you know have a day where maybe, you know, there's a lot of salons now doing maybe a content day once a month and, um, you know, getting their clients in, which is a fantastic idea, Um, getting clients in, getting them to do some shots, um, getting all that content available. Then if you're clever, you will use a platform where you can schedule so that you can then schedule all that through the month. And you can spend a day or two bashing that out and then not having to do anything for for the rest of that month. I think people that are a bit, you know, it's very much about working smarter, not harder, and social media is the epitome of that for sure. Um, I think as well sometimes we've all got caught up a little bit in um, the way that we do socials from a marketing perspective. I mean, if I, if any of us scroll through in terms of hair salons, if I see another grid with just loads and loads and loads of blonde balayage hair, I think I'm just going to just switch off. <laughs> it's like it's all the same. It's all beautiful. But what what gives you a point of difference as to why somebody is going to come into your salon? Um, I was looking at some really interesting statistics um, the other day and, and with the way that the economy is at the moment, the people that have the most money to spend are people in that 50 to 55 plus age group. And they are the ones that are still going, I mean, I'm in that, I'm past that, but I'm still there. But they are the people that, you know, have a little bit more money to be able to use. Um, and so seeing a grid or seeing social media in that way is not necessarily something that's going to jump out. And I'm not suggesting that we put in, you know, lots of sort of, you um, stuff that isn't on your brand if your brand is that and you're a blonde salon and you just want to do that then that's absolutely fine but i would also suggest that maybe um we can mix that up a little bit so when people are looking to especially if you're using your socials to try and attract new clients that's not going to do it if it's if it's you know standard so You know, content days are great because you can actually then ask lots of different people in of all different ages and walks and genders and everything and, and, you know, do some really cool stuff. The cool salons I'm seeing are the ones that sort of, you know, are really varied on, um, you know, age, gender, men, women, kids, whatever, if that's what you want. I think work out what you want in your chair. Work out what that demographic is. Um, and make sure that then um, your social media page is just as on brand as everything else that you do because I think sometimes they're not sometimes they're just that's a beautiful picture of beautiful hair um, and and that's great but maybe could be doing more damage than good if it's not cross-section um, I think that's I think a big one that we're all falling into a little bit at the (laughs) the moment Um, and you can't tell people apart then which is ridiculous you know your whole point of marketing is to have a point of difference if you've got to tell somebody why they should come into your salon as opposed to the one down the road you do something different so why then are so many people just doing the same on socials Um, I think that's a interesting question to ask
0: <laughs> yeah definitely i think maybe even asking the question of your audience you know what do
1: you want to see more of is yeah. always a good one yeah totally totally and finding out why you know why they came in what they did i mean i think as well there's some salons that are doing stuff really well and you know playing around with reels and TikTok tock and all that kind of stuff and um i was talking to a beauty salon today actually and um i know them quite well and um they they're based in victoria but they they, they, did a, they did a prank and the prank went onto um, TikTok and it, and it literally got millions of views. Like it was ridiculous. Um, I was away at a conference with the owner at that time and we were watching it just click up. to Like I'm talking nine, ten, like, like ridiculous amount. Um, so they kind of carried on with that and, they, and they're very cleverly doing it where um, people are loving seeing it. People are coming into that beauty salon because they've sort of said, oh, you know, we saw the pranks, we saw, it's only within each other, obviously they would never do it on clients, but it's just, there's only two of them that do it, and they're funny, nobody yeah. gets hurt, they're just kind of funny, but people are going into their salon and driving miles, because they're saying, oh my, my god, I saw that, and you know, you just, you guys just look really fun, that's why we wanted to come in, because that's their point of difference, um, and they said to me, you know, should we not do that, because beauty clinics tend to be a little bit more serious in what they're doing with skin prescription and all the rest of it. And I'm like, no, because that's what's, said, is it bringing in new clients? Yes, it is. Why would you stop that? Is it upsetting any of the existing ones? No, they love it. Then absolutely, you know, keep doing it. So I think yeah. uh, find that point of difference, um, have all of that information that you, you can have to deal with um, the media and um, Make sure that you make friends with the media and those people that you need to make friends with so that you can create a relationship with them. Um, you know, local community is another one. I think that's a really important one. If you're in a, a shopping centre, maybe something small that, you know, there might be a jewellery up the road shop, there might be a florist or whatever, you need, need to get out and see those people if you're not already to see if you can do stuff with them too. So it's like if you want a yes. beautiful... Display of flowers on your, your um, on your reception desk. Go talk to the florist and get her to give you that. And either look after her, or maybe put some business cards or a special offer of her clients to come into you. I think a lot of this is like marketing 101 and 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 old school stuff. But I think you know, um, and it's not me being a stick, stick in the mud. But I think there's a place for social and digital and online and all that stuff. There absolutely is. And, and we as a business have that holistic kind of marketing campaign for our clients. But there's also some really good old school stuff that you can do that will um, create relationships a lot more and a lot more in depth than maybe some of that other stuff will, Um, you know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I was just at the gym the other day and I picked up a card for, um, you know, it was a a massage therapist, for instance. And, you know, I still will pick up a card when I go to – yeah. If I see it there and I go, oh, what do they do? Oh, that's good. You know, but rather than trawling through social media to find that person and maybe, you know, maybe that person isn't online, maybe they're yeah. actually just, yeah. you know, doing that sort of marketing, who knows. But, you know, I think that that is still definitely, you know, all touch points of media Absolutely. is important. It's not just Absolutely. one funnel vision, you know, tunnel vision view. It's got to be on, on you know, yeah. lots of different touch points. Uh, because yeah. you've got a huge different you've got a different audience that's probably absorbing information in different ways too right
1: i remember many many years ago um sharon blaine did a – we 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 used to do these little um in salon magazines for salons where we, I mean, we still do some, We just, it's not something that we promote that much because we just physically haven't got time. But we used to put these little A5 magazines um, out for salons. So they had their own magazine and they would literally, um, you know, put all their information in there about what they do. It, would, it was a really nice way. Um, it might highlight some of their stuff. It might, you know, talk about if they've done a show somewhere. But it gave people something to read about their own salon while they were in their chair. And we used to, with some of them, um they they took that one step further, sometimes their product companies would advertise in there with special offers um I remember we did an a to Z once I think with Brad Nader one time. I think Sandy did one with said so we did lots of them and Sharon did one one time and she wanted to do a bridal one um, because she obviously did this when she had the salon back in Beecroft a long time ago. Um, And so she got all of her kind of affiliate companies that she knew um, to do stuff in there as well. So there was a jewellery shop just up the road that she got them to take an ad. And that was so that um, if you had that magazine, then I think it was maybe a 12 month um, cleaning thing for your new beautiful rings um there was a couple of bridal shops Um, there was some um accessory shops so she got them all to advertise as well and they were all literally dealing with each other so if you went to one they would recommend the other and if you went to that one they would recommend you and vice versa and it became almost like a one-stop shop where there was just these sort of you know six or seven people that if you went to one um it was like a bit of a domino thing then where they would then recommend, oh, you know, you should go to this one and then you should go to this one. And we had some salons doing them where they used to sell advertising to other people within their local area to the point where they started making money on their actual little, (laughs) little magazines. Like there was such a a cool um, idea to do. We used to put them online as well. We've got a couple of companies that we still do them now and again for um, It was also good for um, salons to, you know, especially the younger ones who maybe are a little bit shy in terms of talking to clients. It would sort of give them a reason to start talking to them. Or did you see that, you know, we uh, we've got this magazine out and, um, you know, this is what I helped on in a fashion week thing last week. And it it got them. But everything was then talking about them. Um, I think one and they some of the used to get their clients involved they put recipes in there from you know mrs jones that came in once every six weeks or they were just cute community things they used to get i don't know they'd print a thousand or so and put them in a little bag and when when they left and um and the whole beauty of them as well as a lot of them would have offers to make people come back so you know um Again, it was very much the old school direct marketing kind of thing, Um, but really, really cool. I mean, they did – I remember one once they put photos of all their staff in as babies so people could, like, pick what they were. Just silly, silly stuff, Um, but – I think the one thing we can all agree on in the hair salon, maybe not so much beauty that we deal with because obviously you tend to be, you know, getting a treatment, but you're in a hair salon for a long time. So you've got to chat and, you know, you've got to talk about things and, and all that kind of stuff. Can I just hold one second? I've just got something yes. knocking on the door. No worries. Sorry. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Oh, is that a box? Yeah, sorry. It was down at the... Okay. oh great oh jesus oh, i let know i just saw it i was like oh, me." yeah thank you thanks. Bye. thanks bye thanks. sorry i've got a gate like miles away and usually the courier rings but my neighbor just saw i'm in like a retreat area there's like only 11 <laughs> yes. houses and he's like, Oh, it was just down by the road. I'm like, what? That's that's heavy. <laughs> what is it with me in deliveries? Right. I don't know. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, where did I get to? We were talking about multiple magazines. We probably have talked about those, but um, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's all right. But I guess um we yeah um, when we talk to the audience, like, what would you say your I guess a couple of things like one is your top um i guess top tip to get to trade and maybe consumer and yeah. then um i'll ask you another
1: question after that sure okay <laughs> um i don't think the two are necessarily apart i think with trade and consumer um it's all about the storytelling it's all about a message it's about something that we think is going to be interesting for our readers so like i said originally um you know we've there's got to be some form of angle there's got to be some story there's got to be something that you're doing maybe different to others I mean in in Biz, um and barbershop for that matter you know we'll do profiles on on um salons I mean for me personally we we literally an open book. we've got to fill the magazine so a lot of people um you know the magazine that we have there will be information in there about trends. There'll be information in there about collections. There'll be inform- We might do international interviews. We might do interviews with um, profiles within the industry. Um, but we also do salon profiles all the time. And we're always looking for them. We're always looking for good stories. So I think if I've got one tip, it would be not to be afraid to ask for it. You know, I mean, we I love it when we get an email from somebody and they say, oh, you know, I've been getting the magazine for years and, how do I get in it? And it's like, just ask us. <laughs> just say, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a salon in so and so and, you know, we've been doing this and I've just expanded and I've just started up my own education or I don't know, whatever the story is going to be. But um, we, we love to do stories about people that, that nobody's heard of. I guess I mean, we mm-hmm. equally love to do stories about the movers and shakers and the trailblazers, but I don't wanna do stories on them all the time because what that, that's not of interest. So if somebody contacts um, us and, and speaks to um, the editor of, of Hair Business Louise, May, um, it can come through to us. Our contact details are everywhere. And they've got a really great idea. Some of those stories are purely because somebody's taken the trouble to send us an email and just say, um, you know, I've done this or I've done that or I'm celebrating 40 years in the business or I've, you know, um, i you know, they may have gone through some challenges that are just unbelievable that you know creates a story. It might be, um, you know someone that's come overseas, from overseas, that have, like, set up. It could be anything, literally anything. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, not every single story is unique, but every person is unique. So I guess with that, it's like if you – and we can help you through that process where we can then say what needs to be um, sent to us. Louise is really good at, you know, initially – speaking to um, a salon, finding out a little bit about them, and then doing just like a really simple Q&A on email, then saying what we need in terms of images. Um, You know, good images is probably a big one. Um, If somebody just kind of sends us in, you know, something awful, then that's a bit of a challenge for us, because we've still got to make it look good. Um, But generally, nowadays people tend to have better content than they used to so that's not so much of an issue so i would say um just pick up the phone (laughs) or message us or you know um whether it's consumer or whether it's trade um consumer i guess is a little bit different in the sense that um A lot of the time, they might expect you to spend money with advertising to get that space because the space is is real estate. But at the same time, um, they've still got to fill that space. So if you've got something interesting or maybe affiliated with somebody else um, that is going to fill a small piece that could be either news or it could be a story or whatever, then that's your first port of call, at least. Um, And as I said, making those relationships with people. So, um, yeah, just contact us and say, I've got this great idea for a story, and we'd be like, yay.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, I definitely think re- relationships are important. I've uh, got a few um, uh, people in consumer media that I've known through the years, and every now and yeah. again they'll contact me and say, do
1: you have a hair extension story? <laughs> I'll yeah, say, exactly.
0: Yes, it's I do. So yeah, it is definitely important.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think as well, I mean, you know, people say about getting sort of editors and stuff into salons and to do their hair i mean look you know you don't you can only go so much but at the same time how are they expected to know you and what you do if you don't let them sample what you do so invite them in and you know invite them to you know come and have a look and um you know do a maybe do a little wine and cheese night or something and get them to come along and, and, you know, meet some of your clients and those kind of things. And um, it is definitely all about relationships, like 100%. Some people are really good at it and some people are, you know, and I, I get that some people can then be a bit, about that thinking oh my god should I ring that person um but we you know we're just human beings (laughs) we're normal (laughs) we're just you know and and we love people that have the initiative to um come to us and say you know we've got a story to tell because that's what that's what we do that's our job our job is to um you know give give a message to somebody through our media channels and that can be any message on anything
0: yeah absolutely and when you have them in your chair, make sure that you spend a lot of energy building that relationship because if
1: they're there, yeah, <laughs> then
0: you've got a great. captive audience. <laughs>
1: yeah, 100%. 100% yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, you know, you can do things as well. There's a, 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 a salon I knew down here on the Gold Coast that used to do it really well where she used to do a lot of um, charity stuff um but she used to get great traction with that so she used to some she used to do a lot of um beauty and hair for a lot of the cricket players and rugby players um you know because they have issues with skin and stuff as well so she was beauty and hair um and so she agreed to look after i think there was about 10 of them that she looked after and but she had them on a contract, like when she said, which I think she got one or two, then she approached the others and she had an actual contract drawn up. So she would say, I will give you this amount of service over the year. Um, and that included how many times they could come in, what they could get. And there was a dollar value of that. And then that dollar value was kind of like put into um, the fact that if she was going to have a charity event, would one of them be able to come along and bring a signed footy ball or something, you know, to be able to do that? um she had their the wags like the wives and girlfriends used to come in and get their hair done um and if they did that she would maybe you know i think she organized one time where they all went to the races she got a limo she brought them around but they had to do a certain number of social posts they had to do like it it's 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 all written down so even though at the end of it she used to raise a lot of money for charity most of the people that she used to get there would be based on this very simple contract that she had with them so that everyone knew where they stood, everyone knew what they were expecting and what they were getting for nothing. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of giving back some form of value, they were more than happy to do it. So yeah. I think, you know, um, putting stuff well, in right...
0: Kind of a charity event as well, so it's just adding...
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And in turn then you've got a great charity event that you can then call the person that you've now got to know through media to come along and cover it. So it's um, it's a snowball effect, 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah, there's so many great ideas there. Thank you, Linda, and I'm sure all of our listeners are um, probably sitting on the edge of their seat wanting to know more. <laughs> Uh, So, um, Linda, how does everyone contact you if they need to, anyone that's listening to this podcast
1: today? Look, I'm always available. My, uh, our website is mochagroup.com.au um, and my, my email is linda at mochagroup.com.au. So feel free to contact me um, and I'm always, you know, the door's always open. Happy to chat to anybody about um, ideas, about awards, about what to do, how to do it, all those kind of things, um, how to get the most out of everything, whether it be um, your business, an accolade or whatever um and yeah we're, we're just sort of um here to help basically
0: <laughs> thank you linda and you have always been ver- there for us as well so thank you so much for your support throughout the years yeah, and
1: welcome.
0: and thanks everyone for listening today you are listening to cutting through the noise stay tuned for more episodes and uh we look forward to seeing you soon thank
1: you thanks bye, bye.